0: This is exactly right. My Welcome to my favorite murder.
1: <laughs> Hi, welcome to my favorite murder. Hello.
0: Welcome to my favorite murder. Hello. Hello.
1: how to start this thing someday I
0: what was wrong with that? <laughs> really creepy unnatural speaking voice it was too light. It was yeah. kind of like when someone says they'll scratch your back but then they just dr- they Ugh. kind of just lightly drag their hand across your back.
1: No don't touch what me. is worse than that? You know what's worse than that? Is when those blankets that when your heel, it's like your heel's a little dry and it rums, like, rubs across <laughs> those like yes. wooly blankets or like gets caught on a cuticle. Ugh.
0: Like you're a fucking goat. Like <gasps> like you're so not, uh, you're so disgusting yeah. that like blankets Here's are how like-
1: how long it's been since you've fucking taken care of yourself. Hey,
0: Miss Havisham, how, why don't you fucking soak these feet? Yeah, that. Also, you know, you know what's worse what uh when a guy puts his head on your shoulder
1: what? <laughs> oh, why? are you serious
0: don't you isn't
1: that the grossest thing of all time I don't understand that one
0: I don't know I just hate it
1: <laughs> wow that was so amazing I really thought you were gonna be with me on that one I don't under, but I don't know I don't get it I don't know it's like to be cute or something uh, where it's like can you not be precious like a guy
0: doing that is like well you
1: because you also like a masculine dude who takes care of you and a guy who fucking puts his head on your stupid shoulder is like i mean
0: it's just a little like they might as well also kick their outside leg up
1: when they kiss you
0: (laughs) and like pull their skirt out a little bit
1: what the hell i'm fine with that but you know it's even grosser when you don't have a garbage disposal and you have to take the food out of the fucking... Dr- the wet food out of the drain of the sink.
0: I don't know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? That's how it feels. To be
0: abandoned. No,
1: it just made me like... I, I Wait, did you it. have
0: to do that by hand and then throw it in the garbage?
1: Yes, and it makes me sick to my stomach.
0: How old is the food? Days? Weeks? No, it's just like you just did the dishes. Mm. Okay, but, but you like don't...
1: it's like food from your mouth. You're
0: not a soaker, though? Because I'll go ahead and... I'll soak some dishes for a good 2 weeks.
1: Do <laughs> You ever do that where you're
0: like, I'm cleaning them by letting them sit in the sink with soapy water in them?
1: Yeah, I'll put some I'll put some cold water in a bowl of like yogurt and <laughs> yeah. that's never it's never going to work. Always yogurt or like cereal and it's like the it's still going to get stuck to the bowl every yes. time. Yes. Like put, like the thing that we would yell in my house is put water in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like nobody Nobody knows. We lived in that house. I lived there for 16 years and the, dishwash- the dishwasher never worked a, d- a single day that I lived there.
0: Where? In the, not the other apartment. In the house I grew up in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you always had to do everything by hand. Yeah. And so when people would almost willfully, ignorantly leave a bowl of uh, cereal in the sink, yeah. knowing full well it was just going to then be cemented
1: onto the side of that bowl. Right. And you'd get yelled at and have to do it. Yeah. And then you'd have to take your fucking hand and take all the wet food out. <sighs> Wait, you have
0: a garbage disposal now, don't you? Now I do.
1: Yeah. Like that's, pro- yeah, now I do now. You must
0: run that thing all day long. Oh,
1: love it. Just for no reason. On all day. <laughs> <laughs> just creating kind of a
0: nice white noise yeah, in the background. It's
1: so comforting.
0: You know what I hate? Tell me. Is when you're like taking a shower and you're just like, oh, it's so great to get clean. And you look down, there's like straight up black mold in your shower Ooh. or something like where you, you, it, the thing of like you don't notice how filthy you are until yeah. you look at one thing and then you're like oh my god yeah that's not like grout that's not black grout no. the grout is white
1: <laughs> if someone else saw this who was a clean person yes well right now in my shower I hope you didn't see that when you just peed is that um like there's leg shavings <laughs> everywhere because I just now like this is the first time I've had a white shower yep because our last one was like gray and pink, like vintage gray and pink. Sure, and you can't see that shit on gray. No, but now it's all white. And it's now you just have like to
0: look at your own body leg
1: shavings offerings. I wonder if Vince notices this too.
0: I mean, he must be into it. <laughs> <laughs> my sister, when she came down, once because she is a super clean type A type mm-hmm. person, and I am not. Mm-hmm. My sister got crazy bummed because the I have that um, the drain in my mm-hmm. bathtub. Where
1: your hair gets caught in it? It
0: gets caught. There's no, like, secondary screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be able to find because it's just, yeah. there isn't one. Yeah. So it's always backing up. And my sister was so bummed at oh. the amount of water, because it was like... No, I get it. Yeah.
1: It, and it's then like I was just like, oh, I, water.
0: you're right. That is gross. But I've never noticed, it's just how it is.
1: Like standing water. Standing water. I don't like that either. While because then... Shower. It is gross. It's gross, and then the the leg shavings are like getting attached to your ankles that's right and
0: also they stay when the rest of it drains because it drains so slow yeah then it it creates its own kind of like it looks like um a map it like a topological map of a river basin look at you
1: look at yourself look at you can i bring this back around sure however it does make your feet nice and soft when they're soaking in the water there it sure does and then they won't rub on a blanket and, and scream making like shit <laughs> and about and your scream. life. <laughs> Anyways, that's been my favorite murder. <laughs> Can you imagine someone who's listening for the first time? They're like, what the They're fuck? They're just like, um, I saw this. Um... <laughs> I came in here for decapitated heads. <laughs> this
0: was on a murder list and it certainly is no murder.
1: <sighs> <sighs>
0: this is my favorite murder. Really quick. Yeah, one yeah. time my dad said to me, he came down to visit me and then my like the thing broke in my toilet and he had to go in and fix the stopper or whatever it mm-hmm. is oh i hate that and while we were standing in there he goes hey why don't you spend some quiet sunday cleaning behind this toilet
2: Holy <laughs> shit. and the
0: level of a- total disgust that he said it with i think of it every time i'm in the bathroom that myself. is
1: an extra level of con of being condescending he yeah. couldn't just say, hey, you should clean the back of your toilet. Oh, no. It
0: always has to be like a, a one-man show in our family.
1: Take a Why don't you scent? take a quiet... Spend
0: some quiet Sunday wow. cleaning behind this toilet. I don't know, Dad, because I'm busy going to therapy to get over you. Hey, oh, or maybe because I just party. Yeah, I'm too, because I have a I fucking like, life. I, I, I like love I love to be outside where the toilet isn't.
1: Yeah, because I have friends.
0: I don't like the toilet as much as you do Dad.
1: What am I saying yeah, now? Because it's not as because you know what's important to me, Dad? Living my life.
0: Living my life. And if that means having a filthy toilet, so be it. So
1: be it. You know whose problem that isn't? Mine. Mine.
0: <laughs> Welcome to my favorite murder. It's a murder podcast for murder. Murder aficionados. Only
1: murder. People run into murder. So
0: much murder. That's and it. Crime. God, that we're all about it.
1: Justice. Oh, that's us. Totally. That's America. America uh that's karen kilgareth
0: that's georgia hardstark hi we're here to host this show and sometimes we talk about uh personal stuff
1: we do totally <laughs> i don't know if you was that even personal that was just like i don't know every day um i met a guy today who works in a morgue he's gonna work <gasps> in a morgue and is going to morgue Person school, yes. Where we, we went to lunch today, and I yes. got so excited. I had this incredible therapy appointment that like made life sunnier. Then I go to this to the restaurant that we we're going to meet at. It's Jones on Third. It's not like we go there every day. It doesn't it's matter. Great, everybody
0: know. goes there. It's a great place yeah. to eat in Studio City.
1: Well, the guy who's ringing me up for my coffee was like, "How's your day going?" And I'm like, "Good, thanks." How's yours? And he's like, "Great. I had a job interview." I'm like, oh, Jesus, fucking guy's talking to me now. I'm like, oh, you're being polite. Oh, what was it for? And then he was like, oh, it's the LA County morgue. And I was like, what? What the fuck? Do you think he knew? No. Oh, I love that so much. He just told, like, he didn't know how I would react. And of course, I grabbed him by the arm. (laughs) Did you really? Yes. (laughs) Across the counter. Oh, my God. (laughs) Tell me everything. And he was like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to school to be... A oh. mortuary mo, mort- a mortician mort- something like that and exactly like I was that. like that's amazing you're in the right LA is going to be incredible and he's like I know the murder <laughs> in the right place well I said the- I said this is LA is going to be a great place to do that and he said I know the murder count just keeps going up that's right <laughs> he said that <laughs> and then I turn around and this girl came up to me and was like, "Hi." I really like the podcast. This is weird. My grandfather is a serial killer. No. (laughs) Literally moments later. Okay. That's when I walked in. Yeah. Okay, so I have the bad habit
0: of my sunglasses are also prescription. So oh. when I come in from outside and my sunglasses are always on my head, which means I can't see. I
1: always forget that you can't see anything. Yeah,
0: I can't see. Well, like, I can't see past, like, a couple feet in front of me. Yeah. So, like, and it helps me because walking into a place like that. Right. Jones on 3rd is very, like, C and B type of place. Home. And I always get real insecure, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, good. Better that I don't have my glasses on. Except for reading menus and seeing where Georgia's sitting and all the things that actually involve
1: meeting someone I saw you but I was in the middle of this discussion with this girl Anna but also I didn't
0: realize like I wouldn't I thought you'd be sitting by yourself so when I when I when this kind of one blurry figure waved an arm I was like what the hell's going on that I have to go over here now and I walk up and Georgia is in full on like kind of don't interrupt us conversation no what I
1: was saying is don't tell Karen don't tell Karen don't tell Karen (laughs) When she walks over, so you don't tell it? Karen. Yeah.
0: So wait, you're going to tell me right now?
1: Yeah. He was a fucking serial killer. He's in prison. He was like the sheriff in Bakersfield and he was killing sex workers. No. But she didn't know until she was older. And then she saw an episode of like forensic files and was like, that's my grandfather. Like she always knew he was in prison, but didn't know what the deal was. Hold on. I know. Was that in like the 80s or 90s? It might, she was like 11, I guess. And she looked in her early 20s. Yeah.
0: She was pretty young. Looking. Yeah. That is so
1: intense. I know. So I was like, "This is Anna. Bye, bye, Anna." I was like, the <laughs> "Get the fuck away Get out, Anna!" Because I can't keep a secret. I'm like not good at that. So I didn't want to be like, "Tell you." That's
0: so good. Her name
1: is Nice Goats on Twitter. Nice Goats. Uh, his name is David Keith Rogers. He's and his, her. She said her grandmother wrote him a letter every single day, called him every Sunday, despite the fact that he was a serial killer
0: denial denial that's some serious denial she's like that's not the man i married no well talk about living a double life he's he's the sheriff and he's that is a nightmare that's that's like that's this true detective yeah season all of them never (laughs) because it'll never
1: happen um can i can i say one other thing yes that i love yes um I'm listening to another new podcast okay. that I finished within a couple days, as I do, called In the Dark, mm-hmm. the Jacob Wetterling one. Oh, no, I haven't, I haven't heard it. Well, I didn't, I was like, Jacob Wetterling, everyone knows what happened with him. He's a kid who got kidnapped, you know, in Minnesota, in the 80s, whatever. And so I was like, I'll just listen to an episode. It is fucking enthralling. It is one of the best fucking investigative journalist dick podcast <laughs> things I've ever ever listen to it I gotta listen to it it's incredible and it's not about Jacob Wetterling it's about everything that went wrong in it's like it is a fucking hard look at law enforcement wow and how they mishandled the entire fucking case and how it fueled stranger danger and the sex offender registries and is that the right thing to do and like it's and then they just solved the case like a week before they were gonna put the podcast out
0: whoa so they like
1: tie all this shit into it wow Oh, I've got to listen to that. Madeline Barron is the host. I love that. It's all these fucking badass women who are hosting these incredible investigative journalism. Pieces. So cool. In the dark, it's called. In the dark. In the dark. Oh, uh, fucking. I could not stop listening to it. Oh, I love that. That's great.
0: I actually just thought of this too because I just watched. Of um, if nobody, if you're not watching Vanity Fair Confidential, oh. which is a series, uh, uh. on a place. What? Which part do you not know? I'm just trying to think of where it is. But it might be investigation discovery or something. It doesn't matter. You can just put it in. But it's, they have, they basically go over stories that have been in Vanity Fair, which is a magazine that's existed for like 70 plus years, Mm -hmm. maybe longer. It does
1: great art, great investigative pieces. journalism yeah yeah
0: and the one that i watched yesterday was about this couple which, which was basically about satanic panic and Ooh. that weird thing that happened in the 80s where all of a sudden it was like at the mcmartin um preschool preschool yeah. case and then there was this other one that happened to these people in austin texas yeah. and they just got out of jail and Shut they still the- haven't been exonerated are you fucking kidding me they're just they were just released of like the it's basically what you were just talking about where back then when they knew nothing about how leading, how, how much you could screw up an interview with a four-year-old right. or a three-year-old, right. how easy it is to get that child to say exactly what you want them to say. Totally. And that's how all those things
1: exploded. That's why it happened all at the same time. That's amazing. That, that shit, that is what fucking happens in this podcast. And it is incredible how it's so terrifying. Like I have to listen to a positive book now because I'm so fucked up over it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I gotta listen to that.
1: Um and Vanity Fair Confidential. What's cool is that they take those articles and they interview like the main narrator interviewer guy is the person, is the person who wrote that article. Yes. I love that. And
0: then other um then the police right. that were there and the other family members and right. stuff. They've been the last couple that I've watched have been so good. It's just like it's a really well done series. I haven't watched it in a while. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, it's good.
1: Um cool um also did you see the thing someone tweeted at us or it was somewhere like i think it was on our facebook about the windshield wiper shirt yes trick yes
0: is that do you think that's true probably i mean it could have like its sources in some once true thing but i like the idea that people um spread that around me too because i think it's that thing of just like eyes open eyes open and don't like so basically what it was is there is a picture um i think it was either on instagram or twitter or whatever but it's like a girl there's a shirt wrapped around her windshield wiper and then when she gets out to take it off, there's right. people there that are like to grab her because right. she's out of her car. Right.
1: They get you get in your car at night. You're being very careful in this built in the structure. And then oh shit, there's something on my windshield. I better get out and take it off. Yeah. And then that's that like that's when your guard is down. Yes. So it's just the idea, and that thing spread like wildfire. Yeah. I saw that on
0: a couple different places. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. I was like, this sounds. This sounds like, you know, and his hook was in the back of... Was in the car or whatever, the back door. Um, But it is... Yeah, it is a good kind of reminder to pay attention.
0: Yes. It only takes one thing like that. And also you have to think... If you're, like, you should think of your car as, like, the safe zone. So, like, once you're in there and you've locked that door, Mm -hmm. you're good to go. Mm -hmm. So, if you can drive with a shirt on your windshield wiper, get the
1: fuck out of there. And that's what the girl said she did, is she fucking knew something was wrong. She saw a car idling, supposedly, you know. And then, so, she fucking drove away. And when she was alone and safe, she fucking got out and pulled the the thing off. She's like, it didn't make sense that it was wrapped around my windshield. Right. Yeah,
0: it doesn't. Because it's not like, oh, it dropped from... You know, right. it blew onto my windshield right. or whatever. It's If it's wrapped. She was basically taking her context clues and going, mm. this is a red
1: flag situation. Betcha this fictitious fictitious character is a murderino. <laughs> <laughs> Bet she is. But, yeah. Um, what else?
0: I mean. What do we, do we have anything to report back from? And oh. I would
1: just say this, because we haven't recorded
0: since our tour, right? right.
1: We Last episode was our uh where were we? Our Oakland show. The last okay. episode we, we put on this podcast was the Oakland show. This podcast, this one right now, yeah. was Live <laughs> Oakland. Yeah.
0: Um, after Live Oakland, we met a bunch of great people. And the first person we met was a girl who made us some amazing stuff. I don't have her card or anything, but did you see in that bag, and I'm not sure if you went through it, so I got a tote bag that said, um, my dogs are fiercely private.
1: Oh, and she got me a bag that had a fucking adorable Siamese cat on it. Yes. That I'm totally using all the time now.
0: Yep, and uh, also, um, I think Handmade, I don't know if she bought them or if she designed them herself, um, but it, I feel like she made them. The Barb Notebook, did you get a Barb Notebook? Yes. Yes i think that's her drawing that
1: is amazing um so we just want
0: we had a fun conversation with you she was very excited and uh we just wanted to say it was just as fun for us to meet you as yeah. uh as it was for you to meet us because she was um she was pr- she was very sweet and yeah. very excited
1: we're, everyone's been we're so lucky
0: yes we get lots of nice presents and it's funny and also in oakland uh most of my family was there. My cousin Stevie, who's basically like my older brother, um, who beat me up my whole childhood <laughs> and then became a super cool friend and now is basically like my sister and my sister's family and his family like do everything Aww. together. And it's really awesome because that's, that's the way we all grew up family, together. It's yeah. like the next generation. Um I heard the rumor that he was crying during our show because he was so proud uh, and like blown away. Like basically all of my family was like, oh, we had no idea that this is what you were doing.
1: That's amazing. Yeah.
0: So it was super fun.
1: Well, Marty fucking Hartstark is going to be at our beacon, our New York beacon show this fucking weekend. And I have no idea how he's going to react.
0: Please, New York, help us impress Marty Hartstark. He needs to understand that his his daughter has done a good job.
1: You'll know him by the fact that he's the only grown man alone there.
0: (laughs) That's not true. When we were in Seattle, remember the guy that made us the macarons? Oh, yeah. He, like, had taken... Stephen, he had taken a cooking class. Mm -hmm. He had made macarons that had... They were pink with red blood spatter on yeah. them, put them in a Tupperware, and brought them to the show. Yeah,
1: and we knew they weren't poisonous because a girl in line behind us, him, had eaten them. <laughs> and was, and she was like, they were great. And we're like, right, how do you feel? Are you feeling okay? Yeah. She's like, I'm fine. Then you're awesome. like our tester. I love macarons. Um, and I got Ted Bundy cookies. Oh my God. Oh shit. Wow. <laughs> I just said the wrong word. <laughs> oh,
0: Jesus. Did you see that? Elvis just came out of his little cat house. Okay. Because
1: I said the word the cookie. Word. he cookie. Knows. Holy knows. shit. He's gonna
0: have to get one early. He
1: is a monster.
0: He's he we've made a monster. Um uh, Sodhouse House Bakery in Seattle are the ones that made us. I tweeted those.
1: Yeah, um, they're on our Insta- my favorite murder Instagram. Too.
0: Unbelievable, Ted Bundy. And I would just like to make point out the fact that um, it Sorry. turns into a thing where it looks like, oh, we love Ted Bundy. <laughs> in no way, it's like it's the story we're telling, and it's. Oh, I never it's thought that. Cri- I'm not saying it to you. I'm just oh. saying in general. Okay. When on the podcast, people are like, it sounds like we're cheering. It's not no, about no, no. Ted Bundy. It's the fascination of the story and yeah and the crime and And the 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 fact that that exists and the icing and the fucking that was an amazing cookie it was like a brown sugar cookie it was crazy really good beautiful art and the shape of Uh,
1: washington washington probably (laughs) because we're in seattle it was in shape of washington we are the best people we are the best can I talk about how I took a bite out of it to, sh- to take a photo and like make like it seem obvious that it was a cookie? And then I said, uh, "Look, like I took a bite out of crime." And then I fucking laughed my ass off at my own fucking stupid joke. God, it gets lonely in that dressing room. Ooh, it's quiet. We we don't have groupies. Ugh.
0: And we, that's the place where I put on a record right. and it was a, some lame 80, not lame. There was some good songs on it, but there was an eighties compilation and a stick song came on and it was dead silent. Me and Georgia are like looking down at our murders or whatever, like getting ready. And then she goes, Oh my God, what is this? She's not even a good singer. And I'm still laughing about that.
1: Very enjoyable. I didn't know a six. Um, you look like it's your turn to go first. Is it? I don't know. You were. You looked like you were ready, and I was like, "Oh, she knows."
0: Well, then I'm interpreting from that you would like me to go. Oh, first. I don't care.
1: I, won't, I don't want to fuck it up. I bet Stephen knows.
0: Well, we fucked it up going live. Oh, Stephen, do you know? No. <laughs> Did
1: you see him pick up his finger yes. like he was trying to shush us? He was think- No, I think no, he was thinking. No, I was thinking. like trying to remember,
2: <laughs> and I was just shush. Like, and you brought <laughs> the
1: microphone up so perfectly, like I'm about to tell yep. you.
2: Well, I also was like, does it count from the Oakland episode or do you count the other live episodes in terms of who goes oh. first Oh no
0: then it's me because I think Oakland Oakland so it is me okay all right whatever Well this is now I'm afraid because I'm 99% positive you haven't done this murder <laughs> but re- truly as I was printing it up yeah. and leaving my house I was like this sounds it's so familiar and I know
1: that I've done research on it before
0: thinking I would do it
1: before Well, I've I've had to think about looking up murders before being, like, have I done it before? Not just you. Okay. So, I think
0: we're... So you won't be mad if this is a repeat? Only if you do it better than I did. (laughs) Well, I'm pretty sure you didn't, but I know we've talked about it.
1: Okay, I'm excited. And
0: the reason that I wanted to do it is because I mentioned it the last...
1: The last. (laughs) Just pick the biggest (laughs) one. Sorry, like in your face. No
0: problem. Okay. The last... Uh I think the last studio recording that we did when I talked about the Peppa sisters, the French maids that in killed my apartment. Yes. Yeah. This this podcasting studio. Right. Um so it's another okay. case of Falia du, which is the shared psychosis. <gasps> and it's the story of Ursula and Sabina we Erickson. Have not done it. Okay. We've talked about
1: it. Yes. I fucking am excited about this. Okay. Good. All right. What a huge goddamn relief.
0: Because I was truly like, I was like, I'm printing it. I don't, this is what I've done. Like, I can't go back from here. What if
1: that's like my trigger? And then I'm like, this is over. (laughs) I can't believe you don't remember. I was, I cried that episode. (laughs) Yeah, it meant a lot to me too. Anyway. um.
0: (laughs) All right. Okay. So, um... it made in
1: that's m-a-d-e-i-n cookware.com goodbye
0: in that it, it, sorry if you didn't hear that episode so uh, a folia do is is uh in French, it translates as the madness of two, and it's a form of shared psychosis uh, between pe- two people who are extremely close. Mm-hmm. The papa sisters were um, an older and younger sister. It is rumored that they were having a sexual relationship, mm. um, but they did work uh, for a-, a rumored to be very strict mistress, who they... Killed so violently Ugh. that it beats most of the crimes we talk about modern day. It
1: really, it doesn't, it doesn't fit with what, you know what I mean. No. I'm not matching the punishment and all this. Yes,
0: it's it's such extreme overkill yeah. that it's not so bizarre. Totally. So, this and this is a little bit different, but this I feel like is the m- much more famous version of this shared psychosis. Um, and it is uh, Ursula and Sabina Eriksson. So, in May of 2008, uh, two Swedish sisters who live in Ireland, who are in their late 30s, named Ursula and Sabina Eriksson, um, sorry, twin sisters. I sh- that should be in there. They mm-hmm. are twin sisters, and they live in County Cork. And they've traveled to they're they're tra- they're traveling to London, um, but they've taken. Um, they're in Liverpool when this all goes down, uh, taking the bus into London, or they're right outside Liverpool, I guess. Um, so when they first arrive in Liv- Liverpool or wherever they are nearby it, the first thing they do is they walk into s- the St. Anne Street police station and quote-unquote report concerns about Sabine's children. So from the get-go of their like trip to London, there's shit going on. Um, they immediately go and start talking to the police. Nothing comes of it. They, then they get on this bus, the national express coach, Mm -hmm. um, into London. Um, after a little while on the bus, they tell the driver they don't feel well. He pulls over to the roadside services, um, And they get off the bus. When they try to get back on the bus, they are clutching these bags that they have with them in a way that makes the driver suspicious. Mm -hmm. So he says, we need to look in your bags before you get back on the bus. And they're like, no fucking way. And they're so... Weird about not letting anybody look into their bags. Mm. That the bus driver kicks them off
1: the bus Good and leaves them there. Fucking hero! <laughs> oh wait, that's kind of <laughs> shitty. Don't leave women on the side of the road.
0: But. Well, but but I mean, like, wh- so uh, f- the second I hear this, I'm like, what is in those bags? Totally, I need to know what's in those bags immediately. Oh, I,
1: yes, I'm imagining lots.
0: Uh, right. Um, so, uh, so the gas station manager. Uh, where they have stopped at these, what they call services in England Mm -hmm. um, is informed by this bus driver. These two are acting weird and shady. And so I'm not letting them back on the bus. So that gas station manager calls the police. Mm -hmm. They come and talk to Ursula and Sabine, decide they're harmless and leave. Mm -mm. So now uh, Ursula and Sabine are stranded by the M6, which is a freeway in England and not the TV show MI6, which I thought <laughs> I was thinking of the whole time uh, I first started researching this. Um, Love it. Uh, have you ever watched MI6? Nope. With Matthew McFadden, who is Mr. Darcy, Richard Armiton. Anyway. None of it. I'm sorry. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good, good British procedural. Good talk. But there's an M6 and then there's an MI6. Okay. And they're not the same thing, Karen. <laughs> okay. So... They're stranded. And the next thing that they know is that there's um, CCTV footage of them walking down mm. um, the central part of <gasps> the freeway.
1: Like the. So they have run across the center median.
0: Yes. They've run across the freeway. So, so you can see the, here's the insane part of all this. Um, there is video footage I, of this entire incident. I don't like.
1: I've uh, seen it, and it's like whenever there's CCTV footage, I'm like, don't want to watch this. Something awful is going to happen. Yes,
0: that's bad too. But there was also basically a British version of Cops, which was um, called Motorway.
1: No. Uh, yes. Is it ACT Motorway Accidents? Cops? Oh. Fuck, which was a reality no. show
0: that they were filming. When this happened, so the entire thing is caught on an ENG oh, crew shit. footage, yes, like a TV show. That's why there's so much, like you can see all of it. That's C- illegal, it's super crazy, yeah. Because did they sign waivers totally? Um, they there must be because they broke the law, they must right. not have to or something, sure. So, basically, here's what, or maybe they have different rules, right? There of production, all right. Mm. Here's what happened, um, there they're in the central median and they, they run to cross Mm, it again. Don't
1: cross the fucking freeway.
0: Ursula gets across, but Sabina gets hit by a car. Oh my God. So they call the highway agency traffic officers, which I imagine is like the highway patrol. Sure. But I don't know. And I didn't look it up. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I wrote this horrible thing. Uh, So when highway agency traffic officers, what I can only imagine, are the British Highway Patrol, so British chips, which in America are crisps, but in England are French fries. Um,
1: That's, I love where you went with that. That was unexpected. So dumb. So like fish and chips. What if like fish and, what if there was like a cop show that the cops were British and there's a guy named like Andy fish. And so it's like fish and chips. Can someone please make a fucking, we'll be the chips. So Karen Andy and fish I is a
0: British detective that's come to Los Angeles. Right. And then he
1: needs the help of two girl podcasters. Chips. Where are uh, the chips though? Oh, because we're British cops. We are. <laughs> well, because we have, Oh no, no, we're chips. We're highway patrol. We're chips. Yeah.
0: We're highway patrol.
1: Right. Um, all right. Oh, mm- Um, what fish could be the band fish (laughs) fish the band fish fish and chips leads cops like they're undercover narcs yes and they go to their shows they narc on
0: people at their own shows Yes, they're pot cops yeah guys here's the thing oh
1: my god so that
0: basically the British highway patrol shows up with this British reality show called motorway cops. Fuck you. They're already oh, yeah. recording it. That's so shitty. No, no, no. They didn't know what the scenario was. They showed up on the scene like, well, this is a day in the life of these cops. Okay. Yeah. It's like that. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, so, uh, as they, so the two twin women are standing on the side of the road talking to these cops. And the the guys that were, that were there first, on the scene first, are explaining to the British police who showed up with the camera crew. They're like, okay, so here's what happened. I guess they ran across the freeway. We don't really know what they're doing. One of them got hit, but she's okay. And blah, blah, blah. And they're explaining everything. And the two women are standing there while the cops are talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And then, as the camera's rolling, Ursula... Bolts out into the freeway and immediately gets hit by a truck. Ugh. And it is on it, it, the truck is going fifty six miles an hour. Uh, it's on camera. You can it, it doesn't. There's somebody that's kind of blocking it, so you don't see like the the real awful part. But
1: um, and to make it clear, she's not running trying to cross. She's running to get hit by a car. Well,
0: there's no um it's just like that fucked up part in Bowfinger where Eddie Murphy has to run across the freeway for the like special effect. Do you mm-hmm. remember that? Mhm. You don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, well, uh-huh-ish. here's the thing. It's not like Frogger where it's like one coming every couple of seconds. Right. It's like running into onto the five right yeah. now. Like um, there's there's no pause there's no in the breaks. traffic. No, right. So she ran out onto a busy freeway intentionally. Fuck. And she does it, and everybody's like, it's really upsetting because it's all the cops going like, whoa, Oh my god!" Or whatever, and they're immediately on to their things, calling for an ambulance, doing this, and while they're doing that, and one of them runs out to stop traffic, whatever. While they do that. Then Sabine runs out into the freeway. Fuck, dude! Because they're so it—it's the craziest thing to see because nobody, of course, once the one goes, they're not. Nobody goes. Oh, make sure the other one doesn't go. They all go. Holy shit! Call, call an ambulance. You
1: would never. Yeah, who would do that?
0: So. Ursula's legs. So Sabine runs out into the freeway and immediately gets hit by uh, a Volkswagen Polo. Those which we poor don't people have driving those
1: fucking cars? Yes. You've ruined their life. I mean, oh, I'm sh- I'm the lorry s-
0: driver, the truck driver that hit Ursula is on this. You can see the video footage, and it's the saddest thing because he just keeps going she just thrown out in front of us. That's yeah, not the accent, but it's something cute. like that here's where he says us instead of me. Aww. It's rough. And he's just like kind of staring off like in total shock.
1: Oh my God. But
0: here's the thing. So Ursula's legs, she has compound fractures in her legs. Oh the cop, I saw a special on it and it's called like madness on the motorway or something uh. like that. But it's really good, but it's not as good as fish and chips. It's, it is no fish and chips. <laughs> oh, never, never. Um, she is down, and this is so upsetting because her, she's bones are sticking out of her legs. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah, you're not gonna get hit by a truck I on know, the freeway right. and have it not be <sighs> really gross right, right, right. and upsetting. But meanwhile, she's down, right? So the bottom half of her body is not moving, and it's fucked up badly. But the top half of her, they, they go and they put one of those tinfoil marathon blankets mm-hmm. on her and they're like trying to talk to her. It's basically like the ambulance is going to be here. Mm-hmm. You're okay. Mm-hmm. And she starts going, I know who you are. I know who you are. And mm-hmm. they're, they're like, just take it easy. It's okay. Um, oh my God. She says, uh, I recognize you. I know you're not real. Oh my God. And the, and the police are just saying, it's okay, stay down. Yeah, yeah. She's tries, She's trying to get up. So it looks like a really hideous part of like Walking Dead where right. like the zombie's been like attacked from the back, but they're right. still dragging themselves. Like she's trying to push herself up, but her legs oh, aren't going to move. Honey. And she's trying to like fight him. She's oh, spitting at him. How
1: scary Yeah, for she's her. freaking
0: out. So um, her sister is, so that's Ursula. Sabina is also on the ground and she looks like she's out out and there it's there's a female cop next to her and i think the second person is a woman who was maybe a passerby in a car Mm -hmm. i'm not sure but they're both sitting there and they're like she's got one of those tinfoil blankets on her and she and and sabine is just eyes closed out and then she comes to and she like Almost like immediately gets up and they're like, no, 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 don't move. Don't move. And she's clearly like dazed, but she starts saying they're going to steal your organs. She's yelling that over to Ursula. Holy balls. They're they're going to steal your organs. And, and she, and then she, they're like, no, 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 stay down. And they're trying to hold her down. And she starts yelling, help call the police. Oh, and no. they're like we are the police it's okay and they're and so then they're thinking they're on drugs yeah, so yeah. they must be on some kind of drug because now sabine is up on her feet and she's trying to like she's like tr- like trying to get away and they're like you need to calm down it's okay mm-hmm. she fucking no, jumps no. the rail and runs into the other on the other side of the freeway are you fucking kidding me I swear to god they thank God that wasn't as busy on that side and I think they may have stopped traffic like traffic right. was totally stopped on this side right. where Ursula was so laying so probably
1: lucky lose slowing down and shit
0: probably and like maybe less traffic I'm not sure but yeah. anyway she runs across this cop has to run after her and he's like stop what are you doing don't mm-hmm. you know you're hurt you're hurt and she's like and she basically turns turns on him like she's gonna fist fight him oh my god and she's like and she's screaming help call the police and they're like we are the police like it's crazy so this they so basically it eventually takes 6 policemen Holy. to subdue Sabine. Oh my god. 6 policemen to finally get her down and sedate like they shoot her up. They meanwhile um airlift Ursula out to the hospital. Mm-hmm. She was spitting at them. The whole like they were fighting the entire Fuck. time. And the cops that subdued Sabine said that she had superhuman strength. That what? both of them did. So they're thinking they're on probably on PCP or yeah. something like, you know, the the drugs associated with that
1: we're taught as a kid or like, yeah, what, yeah,
0: you could like lift a car totally or do whatever you want. Totally.
1: um Which I just the
0: idea of whatever world that they were in where they thought
1: what was Sounds what was happening because so they scary. still don't know
0: to this day the logic behind and there's no explanation. Wait.
1: I hope I was hoping you'd get to the explanation.
0: Well, I'm just going to spoiler alert for you right now. No. They've never explained it. In court, when she finally went to court, all she would say is no comment. They've never explained any of it. And there was no drugs in their system. So, okay. She gets they finally they finally the six people get her down, sedate her, she goes to the hospital and then goes directly into police custody in a place called Stoke on Trent. Hmm. Uh, so on May 19th 2008 um, she is released from court Sabina is released from court without a full psychiatric evaluation great having pleaded guilty to trespass on the motorway and hitting a police officer which she decked that female police officer she punched her right in the face to get away from her Um, that's before she ran across for the third fucking time so the court sentenced her to one day in custody which She'd already served. Um, So she leaves and she begins to wander the streets of Stoke on Kent, um, trying to find her sister in the hospital and carrying her possessions in a clear plastic bag. So she's just kind of now out on the street. Let her go? Yeah. So she's that night, two local guys who are walking a dog see her. And there, she comes up and is very friendly. She's petting the dog. They're all talking. One of the men is um, a 54-year-old man named Glenn Hollingshead who is a self-employed welder. He was uh, had been a paramedic, and he was a former RAF worker. Um, the other man was his friend Peter Malloy. And uh, so they all start talking. And even though she's friendly, Sabina's acting super weird, so she does stuff like offers... Um, She's asking them if they know any the directions for any good bed and breakfasts um, or any place to stay. Um, uh, she offers them cigarettes and then takes them back while they're smoking them. Like, she's... So he... Mm-hmm. So this guy, Glenn Hollingshead, can tell there's something wrong with her. This
1: is the part I... This is the part that I'm like, did we do this one? Did we? I, Steven? Well, this is the murder part. Yeah. So... We must have talked about this. I th- I'm sure we've talked about it, but I don't know. I don't think we
0: have. I'd be a bummer. Well, <laughs> eh,
1: who cares? You're, um, you're doing a great
0: job. Well, thanks. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, she they go back to his house because he he's like something's wrong with this lady. Yeah, and she's just wandering out on the street. So they go back to his house, and she's basically saying, "I need to find my sister. She's in a hospital." So mm-hmm. they start. Um, I think they said she. She, they hang out that night. She was carrying multiple mobile phones and a laptop. She was constantly looking out the window. She was super paranoid. And, um, Malloy assumed, the friend assumes that she's run away from an abusive partner the way mm. she's acting. So hmm. they're like, you can stay here. And she's tonight. probably all bandaged up and shit. Uh, right for after being released right. i don't but i don't think when she was up and like basically trying to duke it out with this cop she looked fine, fine. Oh having God. been hit by a car two times yeah. she seemed fine and didn't break any bones apparently because she wasn't like held at the hospital right. so okay so anyway um when the friend leaves he leaves at uh Shortly before midnight, and Sabina stays at the house. So the next morning, Hollingshead is calling local hospitals um, to find Ursula to see where she is. And uh, at let's see, this would be seven forty in the morning. He goes outside to ask his neighbor for tea bags, and the the neighbor says, "I'm let me finish up what I'm doing, and I'll come and bring him over." And so so um, Glenn walks back into the house. Uh, oh, because he's washing his the neighbor's washing his car. So he's like, oh, when I finish, I'll bring him over. Mm-hmm. And then a minute after going inside, he staggers back outside the mm-hmm. house and saying, saying to the neighbor, she stabbed me and then collapses on mm-hmm. the ground. And When he'd gone back into the house, Sabina had stabbed him five times with a kitchen knife God. and he died from his injuries there. And she ran and the neighbor calls 999, which is 911 in England. Um, not that I had to tell you that. Is this, does this seem familiar? No,
1: I don't think we've done this
0: one. Okay. Because it seems familiar to me, but I know I've watched a, yeah. mo- a full movie about this on YouTube. I, wow. You can, and, and we all can if you want to after this. So <laughs> essentially, uh, she goes out of this house with a hammer in her hand and is hitting herself in the oh! head with the hammer. No! Uh huh. So every once in a while, periodically it says from wikipedia uh so a passing motorist sees this gets out of the car and tries to grab the hammer away from her and while they're wrestling sabina pulls a roof tile out of
1: the fuck
0: out of her pocket what the fuck you know when you're wandering around town like this looks and you just put some stuff in your pocket. She pulls it out and hits him in the head with it. He's momentarily stunned and she runs away. Oh, my God. But at this point, the paramedics from the 999 call have shown up and they see her and they chase her and they end up uh, f- pursuing her to Heron Cross where she jumps off a 40-foot bridge onto the A50, which was is another I freeway ways, or highway.
1: I can't stay away from...
0: I mean, she, they love it. They love freeways, freeways and highways. Um, so that in that fall, she does break bones. So she is not superhuman. Um, and she's taken to the hospital. And then when she's recovering there, she is put under arrest. Um, and she's later discharged and then charged with murder and uh so so she goes to trial they hold her and this is the part that drives me crazy they um she was supposed to go uh she's charged with murder on september in september of 2008 the day she's discharged from the hospital but and the trial is scheduled for february of 2009 but um they can't find her medical records from sweden so the uh trial is then pushed to September of 2009. So basically these both of these sisters are kind of these m- mysteries. They can't find anything about them. They can't huh. figure out what the deal is yeah. on them, which I think is like so fascinating. Obviously there's there's mental illness right. taking place anyway. There's something really serious Break going from on from
1: reality somehow.
0: Yeah. So She pleads guilty to manslaughter with diminished responsibility, but at no point during her interrogation or during the trial does she explain her actions. She only says no comment to extensive police questioning. Jesus. Um, Both the prosecution and defense say that she was insane at the time of the killing, um, but sane during her trial. And the defense counsel um, claims that uh, Sabine is the secondary sufferer of Folly Adieu, and that Ursula was the, like, the primary... Um, like the out al- basically the alpha right. in the situation, right. which is easy to say yeah. now that she's off with her crushed legs. And it and doesn't whatever.
1: diminish your responsibility for what you've done.
0: Well, because Ursula had nothing to do with that stabbing. Right. She wasn't there for it. Totally. So it's kind of like, it's trying to say, well, she's the one that's just going along with everything. Right. And it's like, well, yeah, but Ursula wasn't there to tell her no. to do that. And obviously way more is going on. If that was her, if that was her behavior, yeah when she was by herself. Oh
1: my God, I want to know.
0: I want to know all of it. Um, anyway, she's sentenced to five years in prison. Five years. Um, she'd already spent 439 days in cu- custody. Um, so she was, she ended up being eligible for a release in 2011. Um, Jesus. So they, the judge says that uh, she has a low level of culpability for her actions. Um but basically that the killing was based on mental illness. She thought she was in danger. They thought they were in danger the whole time. They didn't know where they were when they were on the freeway, when all that stuff was taking place, they clearly had a break from reality. and had some kind of a psychotic break because they were yelling at the police, call the police and the police were repeatedly yelling back to them. We are the police. And that just wasn't, didn't seem to be breaking through in any way.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and so I don't think th- there's no explanation, but it didn't seem like that changed in any significant way by the time Glenn Hollings had brought her into yeah, his apartment. The
1: poor guy. Yeah, I mean,
0: she was like, "That's that kind of thing, though." Of like, "What are you doing? Like, who, yeah. what are you doing? This is like, this is not a healthy person, yeah, or an okay person." I mean, he was he was trying to be a good guy, is yeah. what he was doing, yeah. but but there's a lot of danger in that of like yeah. just taking in a m- mentally ill person from the street is is a dangerous thing, even if it's a woman.
1: Yeah. Um, what was I going to ask? So did they get out? Are she out? Uh, yes, she was paroled. And we don't know. It. Hold Where on. She? Yeah. Yeah. She got out. Where is she now? I don't know. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared now. Uh,
0: the And the brother of um, Glenn... Hollings head the guy that got stabbed Mm -hmm. uh, Hollins head um, basically said that he he doesn't blame her because he clearly understands that she was her mental state she probably thought that was something she needed to do but she he blames that system that just released her into the street with a plastic bag going like well good luck you clearly ran across the freeway three times but now you're just on your own yeah
1: yeah without the person you've been with so it's like we don't know if you oh my god
0: but so here's the thing that i want to know and like let's just put aside so because there weren't drugs in their system Mm -hmm. so all those all their theories of like they're on pcp or this none of that proved out and they they i think the the reason it's vague here and uh, hopefully there's other people that know the details and we would love to hear that i Mm -hmm. would love to hear them but like um, the idea that they're not they're not on drugs clearly there's some kind of a psychosis taking place yeah. but not so much that they then get put into any kind of like that, that Sabine gets put into any kind of a mental hospital they should have
1: been what is it 5150 when they can hold you for being crazy for and, and like what more do you need than people totally. running across the freeway three times yeah you're not hurt get out of here right it doesn't it's very
0: strange it doesn't make a ton of sense but no. for me I want to know so um, one of the things they said they were carrying were a whole bunch of cell phones in those bags yeah. that they didn't want people to see. But the idea that they thought people wanted to take their organs, like they thought they were being chased. Yeah, They thought they needed a bunch of cell phones. They couldn't show them to people. Hmm. They, They like, that idea, it's like a, you know paranoid delusion or whatever but like what did they what was the world that they were in i would just be yeah. so fascinated to know the details of what they thought
1: was happening it's one of those like mysteries of like you know like tam and shoot that that guy you know that i it's like will we ever know i really want to know maybe the answer someday will be like the Aust, the, the girls the um the girls in austin who got killed at the the, the yogurt sh- shop yogurt shop murders like I want to know so bad yeah we might never know which yeah is so frustrating I feel like
0: I I, I feel like I should have done like more back-end research but for me the um the, the fascinating part is that all I mean it's the st- stabbing is an insane like ending totally and so terrible and so incredibly tragic but like what was happening on that freeway is so crazy. Yeah, And that, to me, got, I got all caught up in that. And the video, I mean, watching that video it was just you like... You watched
1: it? I did.
0: Because it's like, it was the yeah, whole story. Yeah, totally, I understand. It's crazy, though. It doesn't, it's like, your mind can't comprehend it because it's a person running into traffic. No,
1: I can't, I'm, yeah.
0: It's crazy. Wow. Really, cr- really crazy. Let's- I want to know also if Ursula being separate from if because they were separated if anybody like snapped out of it and then was like oh this is
1: we were we were i mean but you can't blame it on that you can't like it's not real the fucking like the connection that they had that made them do this you know what i mean like they're just both crazy right but it's real Um, i'm sorry they're both mentally ill yes but separately they're mentally ill it's not like one is causing the other one Right, although that's kind of like the... What they say happens. Yes,
0: because the other, um, the Gibbon sisters, who were, those, right. who were those twins who lived in Wales, and they grew up, they were like some of the only black people in Wales, so they grew up and they were terribly um, bullied and abused, so they didn't talk to anybody but mm-hmm. each other, and they had a secret language. Mm-hmm. That so this is basically, it's the same thing. Yeah, They had a thing where, when they were in jail... Because they, they started lighting fires. Mm-hmm. So they went to jail. They went to a mental hospital because they didn't talk to anybody. And yeah. they only talked to each other. But they would do a thing where they would find one standing frozen in a certain pose in her cell. Mm-hmm. And they would go to the other cell on the other side of the jail. And she would be standing in the exact same pose. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, my God. So there is something to yeah. like the mental connection of twins. I know there's something there because like how did that happen
1: yeah unless it was like oh every day we do this thing right at this time maybe I don't know or is that you know someone um exaggerating at the mental hospital told someone that and that got a little bigger and bigger and sure
0: like a it's its own creepypasta? Yeah. Well, because, But every reporter, there was a reporter that went and spent time with them who said they were just incredibly eerie. You know, it's like two yeah. people that don't feel the need to talk who would just sit there that also are like, you know, twins. And one of them finally said to that reporter, the only way I'm getting out of here is if one of us dies. And then one did die of an ex- expanded heart something like kind mm-hmm. of for no reason mm-hmm. like in a way where it's just one died and then the other got out
1: and she lived a normal life right uh-huh. if you or be- at
0: least she's got out and right. is living her life outside a mental hospital if
1: you could be a twin would you be a twin Ooh, i, I used want to wanna be when i was a kid you what i wanted to be when i was a kid
0: i mean i think it'd be fun it would i bet it would be hard to like look at yourself
1: all the time part of me was just like i kind of want to know what i look like uh-huh. objectively you know what i mean yes and do you ever like look at photos and be like, okay, if I saw that girl, what would I think? I don't know. I mean, the the funny thing to me is
0: that I can take such insanely bad pictures, mm-hmm. and I can take really good me pictures. Too. And then it's like, well, what is the? I guess it's just a happy medium, and that's how it is with everybody.
1: It's so weird that yeah, am I gonna get yeah, everything? <laughs> so what if you and I start fucking? What is it called? Morphing into each other? Follying. Uh, Folly-a-doing? Yes. Let's do that on the road. Okay. That'd be kind of fun. That'd be fun. That'd be fun to just oh, run and just get your... Yeah. Like You make my decisions for me, please. (sighs) I'm done making (sighs) decisions.
0: Yeah. Um, My decision is to pull someone's eyes out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. My decision is to run into the freeway. (laughs) All right. I love when I, like, think of a mur- like, when I'm like, what murder should I do? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I've fucking been fascinated by this one for years. I'm going to do it. You know, when it's, like, not one, you just randomly find. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Mel Ignato is a 50-year-old man. He's a divorced father of three grown kids. And Brenda Sue Schaefer is 36. She's a medical assistant. And they had been in a relationship for two years and engaged And then in 1988, Schaefer decides to break it off. And she tells a friend that Mel was sexually abusive. And by all accounts, everyone says he's controlling and he's a sadistic motherfucker, is what I wrote. So Brenda goes missing after deciding to break it off with Mel and her car is found on the highway, close, real close to her home, close enough that if it had broken down, she could have walked over, walked home. It had been broken into, um, the radio stolen, and family and police, though, quickly suspect Mel in the disappearance. But they're unable to locate any witnesses or physical evidence linking him. Um, and they can't find Brenda, her body. Um, so they interview him to clear his name so he can clear his name by testifying before a grand jury. And randomly he mentions the name of his ex-girlfriend of 10 years, Marianne Shore, which randomly brings her into the investigation for the first time. They hadn't even known it, like she wasn't on the radar at all. So the police interview Marianne and eventually she confesses to helping plan the murder of Brenda.
2: Hmm.
1: And of course, out of that, she gets a plea bargain that she'll only get uh, charged with tampering of, with evidence. So Marianne tells police that Mel had convinced her to help him plan and carry out Brenda's murder. They spend, they had spent several weeks making extensive preparations for Brenda's murder, including, quote, scream testing Marianne's house. Oof. And digging a grave in the woods behind her house. Um, Mel even keeps a checklist of the things he was going to do to Brenda on the night he killed her. And these photos of her, you know, I watched a couple episodes of all these shows. And he looks like, you know, he's 50 years old. He looks like a dad. He looks like a normal dude, normal 80s dad. She's 36 and she's this pretty, you know, sweet looking girl a fucking sweet honesty ad, you know? And it's his girlfriend. They're engaged. They were together for two years. She had been divorced and he's kind of like showering her with gifts and, and it just gets weirder and weirder though. And, and her family says in the beginning, like we just didn't understand why she was with him at all. And it it didn't trust him from the beginning, but I think, you know, he was a sociopath, so he was fucking charming at first. Yeah.
0: He made her feel special.
1: Right. Um, so on september 23rd 1988 marianne tells the police that mel lures brenda to the house under the guise of her returning some jewelry that had belonged to mel that i think he must have bought her um and when brenda gets in the house mel pulls a gun and locks the door and marianne is there this whole time he forces her to strip then blindfolds gags and binds her and he uses the list of all the things he was going to do to her and proceeds to go down the list doing each of them. Um, he ties her to a coffee table and he rapes, sodomizes, and beats her all the while having Marianne take photos of what's going on. What the fuck? What in the fuck? This is someone you were with for two years. Okay. You were, you've grown children. Like, who the fuck? Yeah. Um. Let's see. Marianne says she never joined in. She just took photos. Oh, 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 okay,
0: Marianne. Oh, yeah, everything's fine then. Okay, you just took the photos of a a vicious attack.
1: He. Then (laughs) that's
0: even grosser. I know, even grosser. Yeah. How?
1: How could you see that? You know, like you're you're standing by taking photos.
0: Get out, lady. I
1: can't can't even watch a fucking bar fight.
0: Like (laughs) I love a bar fight. Do you? I love it. I love it. What about it? Um, I just like it's a very, it's like watching a tension. It's from going to college in Sacramento. They happened all the time. <laughs> Basically, bars would clear out and then people would just stand around watching people fight until the cops came. And then girls would like cry and like, you know,
1: <laughs> drunk girls crying. Like, stop yeah. it. And you'd be like, if you
0: just be quiet, it'll be over faster yeah. and then we'll all go home. Oh my it's my favorite it's just like male it's it's you know 80s male expression Macho. they're just like i'm not a football player and i'm not a frat boy i don't know what to yeah. do i'm and gonna not you it's all pen-
1: i'm all pent up with my fucking testosterone and anger and me shit. and my
0: feeling i have all these
1: feelings yeah. and i'm
0: not allowed to have them <gasps> and i listen to a lot of boston so here i'm gonna punch you
1: right in the face um i saw a couple of vicious fights before so like i feel like i have this aversion to them because they were too awful yeah i don't like i can't i can't look but i love it that's amazing i love that i love that anyways back to the horror. okay um da, 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 she's taking photos says she never joins in he then takes mel then takes brenda back to the back bedroom and kills her by putting a, a rag uh soaked in chloroform over her mouth Ugh. until she dies Poor fucking baby. Um, And then Marianne helps Mel cover up the murder by including burying Brenda in a hole they dug behind behind the house. So they bury her.
0: Marianne.
1: So after her admission, 14 months after Brenda's disappearance, Marianne leads the investigators to the grave site. They find Brenda's badly decomposed body buried there. Of course, there's no DNA evidence since the body had been decomposed, but that's in 1988. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like now they could have, 14 months isn't that long to be buried, right?
0: Oh, I feel like these days they could get it in so many ways. Totally.
1: Yeah. But back then it was like, yeah. Yeah. did Totally different story. Yes. So the investigators convinced Marianne to wear a wire to talk to Mel and she tells him the FBI is hounding her. She's afraid the property behind her house is going to be sold and developed. And he's on the tape berating her for letting the FBI, quote, rattle her and told her that he didn't care if they dug up the whole property because, quote, that place we dug is not shallow. Hmm. So based on this recording, um, as well as a little physical evidence uh, from his home, prosecutors charged Mel Ignato, uh, Ignato with the murder in 1991. Um, and then, okay, let's see. So in w- during one of the recorded conversations, um, when Mel says the place we dug is not shallow, he says, besides that one area right by where that site is, does not have any trees by it, the, the defense attorney convinced the jury that Mel said safe and not site. And uh, so it led the jurors to conclude that the discussion involved burying a safe, not a body. Uh-huh. So instead of site, they thought it would they, they convinced the jury that it was safe. Like they fucking buried a safe. In but her didn't
0: Marianne already tell them Everything they needed to know?
1: Well, so 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 Marianne uh, testifies, she's a star witness, but she dresses like skimpy, laughs the whole time during her testimony, and they argue the the defense argues that Marianne killed Brenda, not Mel, And so him saying that thing about a safe doesn't implicate him in the murder. Whoa, yeah. So, and she had been convicted of fraud before, and so her credibility is totally, um, under, undermined, undermounded, undermined, undermined, undermined in the eyes, undermound, <laughs> that was a joke. I knew it wasn't that. <laughs> Steven, don't write that down. <laughs> Steven, I see you writing that down. Undermounds. Undermound. That's my new word. Um, oh, I wrote her, all of which undermines her credibility in the eyes of the stupid idiot jury. Then I said the stupid idiot jury found Malignato not guilty on all seven counts. Whoa. Yep. Then the judge, Martin Johnstone, he's so embarrassed by the verdict that he writes a letter of apology to the Schaefer family saying if it was just me and not a jury, I would have fucking put this guy away forever, which is like pretty amazing. Yeah. And then an interesting random fact. So it was this was took place like december 21st or so and it turns out that when a trial the closer a trial takes place to christmas juries are more likely to acquit that makes sense it's not fucked up yeah is it because they want to get the fuck out of trial or is it because they have like they have feelings of you know when you get all fuzzy and cozy during the holidays and you're like "Eh, love and family and stuff
0: yeah i bet it's like I bet it's a bit of both, depending on the personality. But it's like normally where you wouldn't have either at play. Yeah. You have now both at play. Right. So whether it's the person that's like, but I just watched this Hallmark movie about Everyone giving people
1: chance. Yeah. <laughs> fuck. So fuck. And like in the fucking courtroom, there's like a Christmas tree in the corner. And
0: they're like, people are looking over there like, I've got to go shopping now.
1: They put a fucking Santa hat on Mel
0: no, while he's sitting at the, stop no it. i'm just
1: saying that's what they should do <laughs> they bake cookies so it just smells right. nice immediate mistrial uh they, they just no they just spray air freshener they, they smells like baked cookies
0: <laughs> spray cinnamon glade don't you love it okay innocent <laughs> mm, 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 mm.
1: okay so <laughs> six months later okay then so he's out this motherfucker six months later he sells his house because he needs funds to pay for his legal bills. And the house is, like, he's not a fucking trashy person. He has a beautiful house. He looks like a normal guy. I argue he is a trashy person. I mean, clearly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't know. Like, when I was, like, researching it, I was like, oh, I thought of, like, um, making a murderer dude. Yes. Right. Who's just, like, lives on a, you know, farm or whatever. No. It's, like, a lovely Tudor house. And he is your fucking dad's best friend yep. in the 80s, Yeah. So he, ne- he sells the house. He needs to pay for the legal bills. <clears throat> so a carpenter is laying, a carpet layer is working on the house. He pulls up a length of carpet in the hallway. Mm. Underneath that carpet is a floor vent. Inside that floor vent is a plastic bag taped to the inside of the vent. Ooh. Inside the bag is the jewelry that Brenda had brought over the night of, as well as three rolls of undeveloped film. Oh, shit. And he grabbed that bag and ran. Nope, because he didn't own the fucking house anymore. Someone else owned it. Oh, oh. you mean the guy, the carpenter. The carpenter. Yes, he did. He, okay, good. Okay. Yeah, he they, <laughs> like, no. And no. then he,
0: very silently, yeah. he he um, nailed in some wood and covered that. He vent. opened
1: all the, and he exposed the uh, the film. Anyways, that's the end of my story. The end, bye. <laughs> yeah, so the fucking cops get those three rolls of film, developed, it's like 180 photos of start to finish Marianne's, I mean, Brenda's torture and murder. Taken, taken by, by Marianne. Marianne. So and everything she said was fucking Done true. by Mel. Yes. Holy shit. Well, Mel's face isn't in the film, but his body hair patterns fucking and moles Marianne. match it perfectly. Oh, good. Okay. And match her story. Yes. Like, okay. she wasn't fucking lying. She's a fucking monster. Yes. But she wasn't lying. Hey, guess what, Karen? What? Ever heard of Double Jeopardy? I sure have. Oh, well, here it is to ruin <laughs> your night. Yep. Because of Double Jeopardy, Mel can't be retried for Brenda's murder. He's brought to child for trial for perjury based on his grand jury testimony, because it's like all they could fucking do. Um, He knew he couldn't be retried for murder, so he confesses in court at his perjury trial to the whole fucking thing. He turns to, Schaefer, to Brenda's brothers and says but she died peacefully. <gasps> yeah. He gets an eight year sentence for perjury, serves five of those years, credit for two years that he was served and another year off for good behavior. You get, can we look at your whole life of behavior and know that you murdered someone and then so that doesn't, so you fucking not getting in a fight at the mess hall doesn't take, get time off your fucking sentence? You'd think. One would think. Excuse me. So, da 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 da. Sentenced. Okay. Good behavior. He's out. He gets another thing, another charge, another year, another thing for perjury, a different thing. Um,
0: so they're still going after him in whatever way they can. Yeah, like they do on Law and Order. Yeah, like,
1: we'll get him for a day. Right, yeah. right. So he gets he's another another trial for perjury. Nine years for that. Released from prison for the second time in December two thousand and six. He goes home to Louisville, living at home four miles from the house where he murdered Brenda. Whoa. Two years later, September first two thousand and eight, Mel allegedly falls off. A ladder cuts his arm on a glass coffee table. Again, the coffee table. Ooh. Right. Slowly bleeds to death. Yay! What? He's seventy years old. Okay. Is I'm sorry. So it's a ladder inside the house. I don't know if it's a ladder, but a, you know he's like hanging a painting he's on a standing doing on a thing. something. Got yeah. It. Falls off of it, and some places say he breaks through the glass and cuts his arms. Some say his head. But either way, like. There was, like, blood marks where he, like, climbed around the house and, like, couldn't. And so people are like, did he really fall? Like,
0: Or did someone, like, yeah. basically go smash his head into a glass
1: coffee table? Into a coffee table, which is the same thing he fucking tied Brenda to <gasps> when she right. came over. Somewhere I said it's the same coffee table, but I don't think that's true. And that would be... Yeah. In- well, that would mean he would put that coffee table into storage. But that's it wasn't it. his coffee table to begin with. It was Marianne's house. Okay. Although... I think he owned it. I don't know something. So he's fucked. This piece of shit is dead at seventy in two thousand and eight. Marianne served three years with five year sentence for uh you know bad photography. <laughs> <laughs> like yes, the worst. Dies from cancer in a hospice at age fifty
0: four. Whoa, that's young. Yeah, the yeah. yeah, that's that's her body turned on herself. Yeah. They were like, we're shutting this shit down. Well,
1: she's a monster. Like, if you watch her talking and see her, she's a monster. I don't understand. Like, he's dating,
0: he's a 15-year-old man dating a 36-year-old or 34-year-old. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't he just break up with her? Why does he have to kill her? Why like, does he have to, like, <sighs> rape
1: her and demean her? And what's the deal? In the worst way possible. And he planned it for weeks. Like, he wanted to do this so badly to her. And it was only two years. I mean, I I just don't understand. He's
0: a beast. That's crazy. They went
1: back and interviewed like ex-girlfriends, his ex-wife. And by all accounts, he's a sexual sadist. (sighs) He's a fucking monster. Like, it's surprising that this is the first time he did it. Did that. You know? Yeah. Especially because he like at 50, he, he kills the first. One, you know, yeah. he had tortured his other girlfriends like this before and they all broke up with him or the end of the relationship somehow.
0: Or there's just ones that they don't know about. Yeah. Also, it's then it actually explains Marianne a little bit more because those... Because of how like weird spangali-ish those types of men can be. Where suddenly you're doing things that you would never do, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yay, I don't know her. Yeah, no, We've no. talked a lot of shit about Marianne, but but I'm just saying oh. if she's a victim too in that way where it's just one more person in his weird chain of the way he uses women and what he does to women
1: pits them against each other. Yes.
0: Where it's just like, well, you're the special one. So hold this camera. I mean like, God, it's just, or
1: she's terrified of him because she's had 10 years of fucking psychological and physical abuse from him as well. And sexual abuse that, you know, she was with him for 10 years.
0: Yeah. She's maybe in so deep Yeah, and brainwashed and
1: brainwashed PTSD. Ugh. It's wow, so ugly. That's gross. I wish I had a positive spin on it at the end, but
0: no, I don't think you can spin that one. There ain't one. There, poor, not that one.
1: Poor Brenda. Yeah, that's awful. Um, yeah, we have a murder from a friend. Should we do Kurtz?
0: Oh yeah. Okay.
1: So okay, so, we haven't done
0: a we haven't done a friend hometown murder in a while. Yeah, um, and we have
1: a friend. Kurt Braunler, who I'm sure you guys know. He's a f- hilarious comedian and actor. Um,
0: and he, he called, called one in.
1: He called one in. He, he has a special. His comedy special is coming out this Friday on uh, Comedy Central at midnight. He also has a podcast on Audible with his wife, Lauren, who's a good friend of mine, called Wedlock, coming out in April. So check those out. Let's. I haven't listened to this. Let's hear Kurt's.
2: Okay. hey it's uh it's kurt uh so here's my here's my murder story i uh this was a teacher that taught at my high school uh, christian brothers academy it sounds very fancy but it wasn't really fancy it was just a all-boys catholic school in wincroft new jersey um he was the latin teacher a few years after i stopped going there um but the latin teacher's Historically, had been lunatics. Um, the Latin teacher that was there when I was there was an a, a monk, like a brother. Um, most of the teachers were brothers, and they were all like weirdos. But he was like the weirdest of the weirdos. <laughs> he wouldn't allow you to have a pen in class or hold a pen. And when we uh, and uh, he also would just always constantly talk about his niece's little cupcake breast. Not kidding. I was obsessed Whoa. about the meat. I heard many times about her little cupcake breast. Um, he was taken out of the position of being a Latin teacher because uh, a kid in the class was holding a pen. And so he punched him in the mouth. And then they're like, okay, you don't get to teach anymore. And then that was taken over by my good friend, Steve, uh, who was a Latin teacher for a little while. He couldn't take it. It drove him crazy. He left the... He stopped teaching and went to live in Italy to become a stone sculptor, a marble stone sculptor. And that's when this guy, this guy, Matt, took over as the Latin teacher. With teaching Latin at Christian Brothers Academy drove him so crazy that he just started getting into smoking crack, um, apparently in the afternoons in a place uh, that my aunt used to live, called Ocean Grove, and Ocean Grove is a Christian community, so Christian that in the 80s, on Sunday, they would close off the town to cars. And apparently, Jesus doesn't like you to drive a car on Sunday. Um, and so my aunt used to live there, and she used to babysit me, and she's since become a nun. So I'm just trying to express to you how Christian and Catholic this whole situation is. This guy works at Christian Brothers Academy. He's, he's smoking crack with a woman whose last name is Weed. So Ms. Weed and this guy, Matt, are smoking crack together on a Sunday afternoon.
0: Uh,
2: And then around 6.30 p.m., they get into an argument. He murders her with a knife. He stabs her uh, nine times in the neck uh, after, I guess, there was also some beating involved. It's very horrific. Uh, And then he just walked out down the street to Ocean Grove. So mere minutes after uh, people called the cops because they heard him screaming, they just found him wandering down the streets of this Christian town, just bloody, having murdered this woman that he just loved to smoke crack with on a Sunday afternoon. This was at 6.30 p.m. So whenever they started smoking crack, I have no idea. But that's what the my high school would do to you.
1: <laughs> Jesus! <gasps> that's insanity is it weird that i never want to hang out with kurt again because i'm terrified
0: i love the visual of a guy covered in blood walking
1: through a town where you're not allowed to drive on the weekends it sounds like it sounds like yeah there's like it sounds like a twilight zone town yes that's so perfect that then a guy suddenly the image of the opposite of that walking through town also what was driving people so crazy about that latin class it's fucking latin man there's some there's some like devil shit devil shit in there it's devilish i can't believe they taught it there please watch kurt branler special trust me
0: which airs um this friday march 3rd at midnight on comedy central yeah uh well Thanks, that was hurt that was quite the episode <laughs> that was that was dark that one had something for everybody I yeah
1: think. mostly murder if everyone wanted murder
0: yeah Oh, wait, let's say something uh, something good.
1: Okay, you go first. Okay,
0: well, mine is really big, but I also can't super get into detail about it, but I'll just say this. <gasps> I had a year, a probably three-year problem uh, get resolved on Friday afternoon that has caused me so much stress and panic and and shame and it's a financial thing that's boring in detail, but I will tell you this. If you're in a place where you are fucked financially and you're worried and you're scared, it will end. And I, I swear to God, I was, I've been in this place before, but this was like a way, way, way bigger version. And it really felt hopeless at times. And, um, and it's over. And like, and part of the reason it's over is because of this podcast and, uh, I'm so grateful that we are doing it and that we have it. It means the world to me. Yeah, and we're, me I too. feel crazy lucky that we actually get to do this as a job. Me too. It's so fun. And also just the fact that now this, uh, truly it's like a 500 pound weight has been taken I'm off my shoulders. so happy for you. It's really quite nice. I had
1: no idea how rough it was until it ended and you told me. I know. I couldn't tell anybody about it. It That's was so, so silly. Please tell me. I can handle fucked up shit well
0: yeah Now I know it's just that thing where I I think it's like I think everybody has it, some version of it where it's like the problem where you think it's this means some terrible thing about you around it yeah or just like it's failure it's it's I failed and now everyone's gonna know I failed right um but guess what everybody fails yeah everybody fails on all different levels every day and we're all trying to make ourselves feel better about it so don't beat yourself up, and um, yeah. just know the end. There's always there's always a silver lining. There was always light at the end of the tunnel.
1: Yeah, I had in the same kind of idea of that. What you just said, I had after going to therapy since I was a child. Like after like around five, I had the most amazing session today of <laughs> I think ever. And she said to me halfway through, "I know you're an atheist, Georgia, but you you worship at the altar of doubt." And it fucking blew my mind. Mm-hmm. And so we're working on that now and how to get passed out. And it it was this switch today that I'm so... It made me hopeful for the first time in a long time. Uh,
0: when I met you when we were at Jones on
1: Tonight, today,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, you absolutely... Seem different. Really? Yes. Well, you had, first of all, like the big smile because somebody was telling you a story. <laughs> About murder. It, there was a murder story happening when I arrived. But then also, yeah, just that kind of, you had almost like the, um, like almost the uh, eyes of like wide-eyed wonder yeah. kind of thing of like, oh my God, you can look at the world in a different way.
1: It felt, and, and so because of that, I want to say like, and I know it's so, people try to find therapists and they're new at it and they're like, this didn't work for me or like, I didn't like this person. And it just is a lifetime of it. And I've had so many fucking therapists in my life and a handful have been really good. Yeah. And the one I have luckily is right now is amazing. And you just have to keep. Keep trying. Keep trying because you'll find you'll find it. It and is almost a little bit like dating. It, right? it has to be a person that
0: you want to spend that time with that you want to barf all your worst stuff on. Yeah.
1: that under that still doesn't make you feel bad. No, they can't make you feel bad. No. And this is the first time she's ever said something straight up to me like that. And I fucking appreciate it so much. And this is after a year of getting to know me. And that was just life-changing.
0: Yeah. That's a good thing to realize and understand there's options. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, fuck, man, I feel lucky, too, for this podcast. I yeah. can't believe this. My life. I'm so... We're pretty lucky. So lucky. Knock on... Knock on wood. Veneer wood. All of us. Thank Ultimately, you, Steven. Thank Thanks you for Steven. Steven,
0: thank you so much for... Really bringing us together and making yeah, this podcast you're happen. Part of this.
2: Oh, thank you. I Stephen Ray any. Morris
1: of the podcast It's <laughs> <is laughs>
2: like turning red.
0: Blushing. <laughs> Stephen, you can't be here if you can't take a
1: compliment. I'm learning. I'm learning. Be <laughs> Stephen about not taking our compliment. It's better if I yell at you, right? Yeah. Than oh, complimenting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this feels like home. Um, yeah. Well, thanks I for. I know. I get it. Thanks for joining us, you guys, and listening. And, uh, and participating yeah. and guess what? What? He knows already. I know. he's jump- You're jumping your line. Yeah, Elvis. Stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Elvis, you want a cookie? <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.